0: I am Sarah-Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I'm answering a question texted into the podcast phone line about emotional mirroring. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I met one of you today at the office that I work at and it was just, it's so nice to meet you guys to put real people to the other side. Of this process and I just it it always means a lot when you introduce yourselves so thank you for doing that now my thorn is that I am doing a live book signing on Instagram on the day my book launches and I'm so excited about it but it's happening while I'm in Bali so (laughs) that means that I need to bring the books with me to Bali which is going to be quite the experience I got the box of books yesterday and they are quite heavy how I'm going to ship them to Bali is beyond me. Luckily, my credit card has uh, free overweight baggage. So I think I'm going to be able to do it, but <laughs> what? it's going to be a puzzle. My bud is it's officially time for me to start packing for Bali. So that puzzle's happening tonight. Uh, we'll figure out the process. I'll do my laundry and we're packing. It's It's happening. All right. So I loved today's question. Let's go ahead and dive into it said, hi, Sarah Jane. I have been a regular listener of the podcast for over a year now and a follow of your Instagram for about a year and a half. Uh, I really appreciate your work as it has led to life-changing breakthroughs for me and helped me understand how to heal many wounds. Thank you. But thank you for saying that. I identify with type four, specifically four wing five sexual subtype. Oh, you are the same as my husband. And I have questions about the mirroring phenomenon. I didn't think this particular behavior applied to me, until you mentioned it a few times on your Instagram live chat about marriage and relationships. Can you discuss the desire for mirrored intensity a bit more? What motivates it? What need is seeking to be met and how to meet it? Perhaps some resources that explain this behavior behavior for further study. Thanks so much, Mookie Rose. Thank you so much, Mookie Rose, for sending in such a good question. So for a lot of fours, they have specific woundings around two very specific things. Number one, emotional validation. A lot of type fours never experienced emotional validation as a child or didn't experience it from the grown-ups that raised them and/or had inadequate emotional validation. So in their life, they've learned to seek that motivation or seek that validation from other sources or for themselves. The other thing is belonging and a sense that they are somehow different than other people, they somehow don't fit in they don't belong. This can again start from the family of origin, or maybe you feel separate from or different than the family of origin. For many type fours, this can look like feeling like the black sheep, but maybe it just feels like not quite fitting in to the group. This can often mean the type four in in the family dynamic is the quote unquote squeaky wheel, right? The one who doesn't want to gloss over things, who wants to talk about their feelings, and maybe has a family who says, hey, just get over it, (laughs) let's move on. And that can be really wounding, right? And that that forced space. Now who's to know which comes first, right? The, The wound or the sensitivity to the wound, I'm not, I don't know, I don't think anyone has that definitive answer. But what we do know is that the wound is there, right? This desire to be validated, a loss of a missing of that validation a desire to belong but a am missing of that belonging so these two things right are cravings and wounds from childhood from early childhood so as an adult right when those wounds get triggered you may not be able to recognize validation if it's not also combined with belonging so having your emotions mirrored can feel like belonging we are not separate from each other you feel the same as I feel we are the same and So seeking that sense of belonging, seeking that validation through seeing the other person express those feelings back to you can offer you kind of a glimpse into what it would look like if you belonged and were validated in its entirety. Now, because you grew up unused to being validated, the craving runs really deep. I think we all have this like unquenchable thirst Like, every single type have it. Sevens have an unquenchable thirst for pleasure, twos for love, and the one for fours is being met emotionally. Now, the thing about the unquenchable thirst is no one else will ever be enough to fulfill it. Now, we're certainly going to try, right? Like, as a seven, I will certainly seek out people who make me happy. I will seek out someone who offer me as much permission as possible to have as much joy as possible in my life, to be a source of joy in my life. Twos will seek out as much love as they can possibly get from other people, but because it's an unquenchable thirst, it will never satisfy us. So how do we move through this? Number one, we have to learn to accept their validation as it stands, right? So imperfect validation is still validation. So even if the person in our relationship isn't going to reflect back to us the feelings that we're having, they can still empathize with us. They can still validate that our feelings are sincere. And and sometimes when we're not feeling that sense of being fully in sync with the other person, we're missing that belonging piece, it can feel as though we're not being validated. Even if the person is saying you have every right to your feelings, you may, because there's not like an emotional match it may still feel like you're being rejected, that your feelings are being rejected, right? Because you're seeking validation that comes with belonging, which can look like a match in emotion. Now, sometimes as partners, right, when we're in relationship to a type force or anyone who wants to be validated, it can be incredibly helpful, right, to mirror that back to them on purpose, to say, I sounds like you're feeling this, or I hear you saying this. and that can be a really effective tool to offer some semblance of that support without having to meet them in the emotionality place which maybe isn't always helpful right sometimes we need one person to stay calm and grounded now the problem with that is that it can often feel like abandonment space can feel like being left in the cold by yourself to feel your feelings alone So that's what brings me to point two, which is start to see energetic space as a good thing, right? Because healthy relationships, we are not building and building on each other's emotions. We're one person is able to stay calm if the other person is triggered. We're not catching our emotions. We're offering space for the other person to feel what they feel, validating that emotion, but not taking it on as our own this is a healthy space because this is the place where compassion can truly thrive. When we start to feel the emotions of another person, we start to treat those emotions as we treat ourselves. So what I mean by that is if I'm feeling the the emotions of my husband with my type 7 character traits, the way I tend to have talked to myself, especially in the past, is Well, these these emotions are invalid. (laughs) These emotions, you have so much to be grateful for. You have so much positive things that you can think about. Here's how we're going to get out of it. Here's how to fix it. So when I'm matching my husband's emotions and I'm operating up, that means that like I'm also in a place of emotionality, which means I'm not leading with my prefrontal cortex, which means that I'm making decisions from that limbic part of my brain, (laughs) which is just trying to survive. When I'm in that space, right? What I'm doing is I'm going to use my coping skills. My coping skills come with positive thinking and fixing, which feel terrible to my type four husband, right? So the best thing I can do for him is maintain space so that I can see his issues as his issues and not try to solve them through my limbic system, solve them through my prefrontal cortex, which is really just to hold that space and allow him space to feel what he's feeling without me kind of going into it with my type seven sensibilities. And then finally, the third piece of how do we move through this? And this is where we get into that unquenchable thirst piece because no one else will ever be enough to fulfill it. You have to validate the hell out of yourself. And I think that that's a lot of where the unquenchable thirsts may come from is what we sacrifice with, you know, what we we think we're really good at these things right i'm really good at validating people i'm really good at you know twos are really good at giving love sevens are really good at um you know thinking about the future being positive in the world but just like twos forget to give love to themselves sevens forget to feel pleasure in the present moment because we're so focused on what's next fours tend to not validate their own experience they tend to be pretty hard on themselves actually especially our sexual type fours who are pretty highly competitive so that energy that you're you're kind of comfortable giving to other people like your feelings are valid you have to be able to give to yourself because that's the um, that's the only thing that's going to quench an unquenchable thirst is if the source is you right because if we're seeking it from other people which we typically are because that's maybe, seems like it would be more fulfilling. They will never be able to fill that because we have to meet them at least halfway, if not most of the way, in order to truly satisfy. So really the work is in validating your own emotions. And the more that you can validate your own emotions, the less you need the validation of others. But you learned not to do that, right? Like in childhood, the internal messages likely you know, if you're a type four, maybe I can't say this for every four, but likely you received the internal message that your feelings are not valid. And so those inner voices that you have are really competent at invalidating your experience, right? So you have to start to have conversations with them, recognize them for what they are, which is not you. You know, it's a source outside of yourself that spoke a story over you because they were speaking a story over themselves. And if you look at it through the lens of the Enneagram, right, you can start to see, like I talked about what I do as a seven. If I'm operating from my limbic system and I'm trying to survive and I'm trying to orient my husband's feelings around the way that I deal with my own feelings, it becomes so obvious, right? Like this is my issue right? as the seven. I have a discomfort with my emotions. That's not the force problem. And that's how we have to think about the things that You know the grown-ups in our life spoke over us in childhood. Remembering, okay, maybe my parent is a type three, or maybe my parent is a type nine, and these talking about emotions feels really scary (laughs) to them, or feels really controversial to them, or like conflict, or um, you know, it brings up something from their childhood, and this can help you to have compassion for them while at the same time understanding that their suppression of their emotions was never meant to be your problem. And I'm really sorry that that was spoken over you and put onto you, but you don't have to carry it anymore, right? You get to validate the hell out of yourself right here, right now. Okay, I hope that that was helpful. Thank you so much for sending in such a good question. If you are listening today and you have Enneagram questions or questions about life and growth and self-compassion, Send those in to 828-338-9127. You can text or call those in, whichever works better for you. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death